0: Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser.
1: Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm so thankful to be joined by Andrew Campbell. Andrew, how are you, sir? I'm doing awesome Friday afternoon. Everything's good. How are you? I know. I'm doing great, man. We were talking about it's Vest Friday. We're kind of, we did not plan this, I promise. But uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we definitely got the power vests out today. So uh, looking forward to diving in. But I want to welcome Elevate Nation back to the show because it's our mission to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And this is a master class. You know, we certainly have a master here somebody who I really admire, somebody who's a lot of fun. Uh, and you know, this this show is really for leaders and those who are looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. And if you appreciate what we've been doing on Elevate Podcast, we would certainly appreciate if you subscribe to the show. If you gave us a rating, a review, we certainly would appreciate that. It helps us reach the message to more people. And ultimately our goal is to reach the message to millions and millions of people because you know what? Most people are just tolerating their lives. Most people are plugging it in, and uh, you know they're doing what it takes to to you know live that kind of average life. You know, but we're trying to go beyond that. We want to expand uh, beyond our limits. And so, uh, with that said, I want to go ahead and dive in and introduce you to Andrew Campbell. Andrew is a native Austinite. Let me just say, I went to Austin earlier this year. Great city, a lot of fun. So he's going to have to uh, you know host me here soon. I'm thinking, uh, but he's also a real estate entrepreneur who broke into real estate investing first as a passive investor in 2009. In 2012, he transitioned into active investing and management of a personal portfolio that grew to 76 units across Austin and San Antonio. He earned his stripes building and managing his personal portfolio before moving into larger multifamily buildings. At Wildhorn Capital, he is focused on acquisitions and maintaining investor relations leveraging his marketing background to build long-term relationships. Today, Wildhorn Capital controls a $175 million portfolio of over 1,700 units in Texas. Andrew's background is in market research and brand strategy, spending time with both advertising agencies and emerging emerging technology consultancies, where he was most recently a partner and an award-winning app developer. He received a BS in advertising from the, the, Texas, the University of Texas at Austin, and an MBA from Baylor University. So, Andrew, we, uh, like I always say, man, we love, we love our bios, especially in, in real estate. And uh, but I'm curious to know a little bit more about you behind the bio. Maybe you can sort of give us a look into who is Andrew Campbell, the man.
0: Uh, yeah, when I, gosh, hear, hearing that, I got to get that bio cut down. That's uh, that was a mouthful. <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm, uh, just a guy grew up in Austin, uh, happy to live here, getting ready to have our fourth kid, uh, probably in the next month. And, um, you know, been, been at real estate kind of fell into it about 10 years ago and, um, uh, been, you know, having a ton of fun building relationships, meeting with investors and and managing the property that we have and and really, uh, kind of trying to live a, a life by design. It's kind of what we, uh, what we do. So I love working for myself and, uh, just kind of crafting our, life and and business to accomplish the goals that that we set out to do as a family.
1: I love that. I love the concept of life by design. So you, uh, tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, do you actually, have you set that vision out and you say, all right, now let's build the systems, build the business to support that? Or how has that worked for you?
0: Um, you know, I think it's it's a work in progress for sure and it's 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 an ideal um that you know we strive towards and and have some systems in place to help us achieve that. Um but I think it, it really kind of goes back to how we got into real estate. Um in and, and, you know two thousand seven I was living out of state. I had a worked for an ad, ad agency and my dad had a stroke. Uh, I got a phone call and I said, Hey, you got you need to fly home and so I flew home and basically never left. And, you know, he was in pretty rough shape. It ended up being, um, you know, like a six-month stay at the hospital, the rehab hospital. And during that time, for me, it was kind of seminal. I was like 27 years old and had quit my job and sold my house. And was like, all right, I'm I'm now living with my mom. I've got no income. I'm 27 years old. I thought I was on this corporate track to be, you know, VP, whatever. Uh, That's all bullshit. And I want to figure out a, a way to get some more time, um, you know, get some passive income. Um, knew I was gonna have to help take care of my dad. Some. I just wanted, wanted something different. Um, so I kind of opened up my eyes and that's really what got me into real estate. It's also kind of what got me into the mindset of, you know, how do I create a life by design where, you know,
1: I control my, my time and, and have flexibility. So the event of your dad having a stroke was really would you say that was also the moment where you were like you know what not only I'm going to do this but I'm going to do it to the highest level and you know not accept mediocrity or was there something else that happened
0: No I I think that was definitely a part of it I mean you know growing up I was always uh like the my mom would always say hey I'm I'm the driven kid and you know I was always super ambitious and motivated you know to make a lot of money and and be successful Um, I think, you know, when, when my dad got sick, it it sort of changed the the direction and the path I thought I was on, um, into, Hey, I I need to go create passive income and, and, you know, kind of started reading about rental property. And once I, once I committed to that path, um, you know, I was, I was committed, but it was, uh, you know, definitely like I, that put me on that path and I knew, okay, I need to go, I really need to make this thing work.
1: Are you someone who is looking to seriously elevate your life this year? I mean, now, this year, 2020, because I want to let you know that I am currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. And I want to invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. I have to tell you, this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are defiantly committed, those who are decisive, those who are coachable, those who are resourceful. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to sacrifice time, energy, and invest resources into themselves to get to where they want to be, to live life at the highest level, and to elevate to a life without limits. Exactly what we talked about on this show. If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Yeah, so obviously you never want to have anything like that happen to any, especially any of your parents or anybody that's close to you. But it seems like maybe it was a a moment where you were able to kind of have something in in your life that happened perhaps for you in some ways that kind of supported you and put you on a path that was going to kind of, you know, support a greater future and even a life by design. Because I know you and I even talked about this at, um, you know, a conference we both attended recently. It's like, you can't really build that life by design if you're kind of sitting in that corporate suite or whatever it may be. It, you know, you, I'm not saying you can't create a great life in that way, but it's just a different mentality. It's a different outlook and it's a different set of systems that's going to allow you to do that. So uh, I think it's really interesting, you know, how, how you kind of took that path. And uh, so tell me, I, obviously you built a portfolio of, you know, 76 units throughout that time. Did you get to a point where it was just like, you know what, I can't just keep spinning my wheels on these smaller properties and now it's time to just start bringing other investors in and you had sort of the experience uh, of successfully operating that that kind of portfolio or how did that happen?
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, So, you know, eventually I did get another job back here in Austin um, and so I was managing the rental property while I was working. It was really my wife that was sort of pushing me to say, "Hey, this is the real estate thing. Is what you really care about. You basically had two full time jobs, um, trying to manage the rental properties, grow that portfolio, while we were, you know working. And the, this is what you love. This is what you want to go do. You know, go commit to it and let let's figure how, how do you go do that? Um, because you're really kind of you know you don't have any free time and you're sort of miserable in your day job. And I think everything you just speak, spoke to it." it wasn't my time. It wasn't my job as, you know, I was, I was highly paid all a part of this company, but I just, I just wasn't into it. Um, so it was really her pushing me to finally, you know, take the leap and, you know, walk away from the salary and the benefits and everything else as kind of the breadwinner for the family that I did say, okay, it, it does make more sense now to look at the bigger properties. Uh, you see the economies of scale, the efficiencies, they operate better. Um, and you know, I think the other piece is we just kind of had run out of our own, we built all that 76 units with our own capital and doing refis and just, you know, being, being thrifty, saving money. So figuring out what did that look like and, and, you know, really just understanding it was even possible. You know, I think as you, as a sort of layman or you have a few rental properties, you're like, God, how did, who the hell are these rich people that buy these, you know, 250 apartment, for unit apartment buildings, um, figuring out that that was possible. Uh, really, you know, kind of light bulb went off like, Oh, that that makes a ton of sense. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to have to manage them. And you can have a team of four or five people on site that's their full time job to make this thing go. And uh, that's, that's kind of what what got us into it.
1: I think it's so interesting that the first step of there was just realizing that it was possible. You know, it's like, that's actually, that is the first thing that I see most people, you know, the thought process on a large, you know, whether it's commercial real estate asset and any asset class or a large, apartment complex or industrial or whatever it may be, it's like, man, who are these billionaires that own these things, you know, and, and really, like, kind of taking the lid off of the possibilities, it's like, Oh, wow, now you know that it's possible. So now anything is possible. So I yeah. think it's, um, it's really, really interesting that it kind of started there. But it also took your wife to kind of get you to a position where it's like, Hey, you know what, you love this, I can see this, you you don't see it yourself, but you see yourself as you know the breadwinner and responsible and those kind of things. But you know, taking a courageous leap is also key. It's also something that, that I've had to do. And I see most people in this space, it's like, you know what, there's going to be uncertainty, but you have to just go ahead and take that leap. Um, so tell me if we were to fast forward, let's, you know, let's fast forward to today. Um, obviously you guys have been taking down large assets. and know you just closed on how many units in Austin there. Uh, it was 350. 350 units there. Class A deal, beautiful deal in Austin. And I know you're doing great things uh, beyond that. And I know you're still beating the streets for more opportunities. So I'd be curious to know, you know, what's an example of something you guys have done recently to raise the bar in your business to elevate your own results?
0: Um, you know, I mean, I mean, we have regular meetings. Uh, my business partner and I just kind of sitting down and talking about, hey, what are the things? We actually did an exercise, excuse me, maybe four weeks ago. Kind of sat down at the whiteboard and you know, said, matrix of what are the things that you like to do? What are things that move the needle for the business? You know, what are the things that you don't like to do, but move the needle for the business and and what sort of the, what are the things you don't like to do? Um, and, and so kind of evaluating for both of us, you know, what are, what are tasks that we need to go offload and hire people for? Uh, what are things that we realize we need to continue to do, even if it's not our favorite thing. And then, you know, how do we spend more time doing the things that we love to do and move the needle for the business? So um, that's, you know, a pretty recent example of something really kind of sitting down to evaluate how do we continue to, to surround the, the to I build the infrastructure, uh, to to do what we want to do. I mean, we, we, we share a goal of wanting to be able to do three to four, you know, big deals a year. You know, I think for us, that's a, it's a good pace that allows us to live the life by design um, doesn't have to have us build out a, an office building with, you know, 50 employees. Um, but we know you got to have some infrastructure to support that. So making sure we have that in place, you know, we, we, we've got an assistant, uh, that helps us do stuff. We've got analysts. I mean, we're, we've been over the last you know, three years adding piece by piece, whether it's a, a person or some technology or whatever the infrastructure we might need to do. And I think it's just continually evaluating what's the stuff we really like to do that
1: moves the needle and how do we get rid of all the other stuff? So tell me about what's what's one thing that you liked to do that you found through this process? One, one thing that you found that you did not like to do and and maybe uh, what the the items, maybe a few of the items that you said you didn't like to do, what sort of technology or personality do you think would solve that issue?
0: Yeah, like, you know, a couple examples, like I am not a details person. Um, and I think one of the things that makes our partnership really good is he is, he's an engineer by trade and just, you know, an engineer, he thinks in details. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, anything that's that's due to, to, to details, uh, you know, follow up, sort of, that's not a strength of mine. I, I'd prefer not to have to mess with it. So typically, he handles more of that. Um, you know, and we're looking at well, which of those details actually move the business forward, and which of those could we, you know, have our assistant handle, or do we need to go get, you know, uh, a junior-level asset manager that kind of come in and take care of some of the you know bank draws, for an example. We get our capex done and you know that just a bunch of documentation. It takes time. It's super important. You got to do it. Um, moves the business forward, but it's not something that he necessarily enjoys. You know, so we started talking yeah. about what does that what does that role look like? Uh, you know, who's the right person for that? Is that somebody we want to go get a you know 24-year-old person that we're going to help train up and give them the opportunity to grow with us, or do we want to go get a more seasoned person? Um, so, just kind of having those conversations and evaluating the, the the things that that you don't like to do on the on the flip side, you know the things that I like to do that I think move the needle for the business, meeting guys like you having conversations like this, um, you know, really focusing and being intentional with the relationships we have with our investors, with the brokers that we get our deals from. I love that stuff. I love talking to people, I love going golfing and you know just sort of networking and that's kind of how deals get done Um, and so I want to continue to do that because I like it and I know that that's how we you know win deals and and, you know get intel about competitive deals and just all of that stuff that moves the needle forward so how can I get rid of some of the other stuff that you know is not as important so I can you know carve off half a day every week to go play golf because I know that moves the needle for our business as as self-serving as that may sound because I like golf.
1: Well, it's a relationship business, and you're certainly great at building those, those relationships. I mean, you and I met, and we kind of hit it off immediately because it was, it, we, and we've talked probably little about business, but mostly it's about, you know, hey, you're somebody that I can trust, and, and I think that you do a great job of that. But I think beyond that, you know, it is about talking about, all right, well, who's my, who are my potential partner opportunities, or, or what does my partner, you know, have a strength in that I don't have a strength in, and sort of identifying those things and saying, all right, you know maybe we're both weak in this one area so we've got to be able to you know kind of build that out externally whether it's you know through personnel or other resources so I think it's a great exercise a great reminder it's I'm, I'm taking notes here too it's like I, I need to get to work on some of these things as well but but what we're talking about is building the infrastructure to have a life by design and that's what you know real estate syndication is that's what real estate investing is but beyond just the asset it's about how do you operate how are you continuing to grow that what are your goals and uh, you know, three to four big deals a year sort of, you know, pl- you know, works for you guys in terms of what you're looking to accomplish. So I think it's just something that elevate nation has got to challenge themselves on is like, all right, well, what type of in- infrastructure do we need and what's the true outcome? You know, if you've got the vision of what you want your life by design to be, you know, what is it going to take to get there? And so these are all really actionable steps. So I appreciate you sharing that. Tell me- yeah. And
0: I, I think one, just to, to add to that, um, being very clear about what your goals are and not getting overly ambitious or letting your ego get in the way to define like, you know, what do you want? You know, I, and I think for us, we've said, Hey, we, we want a portfolio of like 3,500 units, 5,000 units. And if you do the math on, if we do four deals a year, if we hold them for five years Every, you know, you start buying, selling three, four deals every year. We're never going to get bigger than that. And that's, mm-hmm. that is intentional. You know, we don't want, I've I've joked and said, look, if we have to go hire an HR person, we're done growing. You know, <laughs> I've ejected from the corporate structure. I don't want to go recreate that. Yeah. Uh, we had, we had a meeting with an equity group not too long ago and they said, you guys want us to take you to 20,000 units. You know, we could give you the money and you can go build up a big deal and you you know, whatever, sell it to a REIT or sell it to Blackstone or something. And took us about two seconds to look at each other and said, no, we don't. Um, You know, we don't want to get 20,000 units because that means we have the office building and we've got 50 people that work for us and we don't have any flex because now we're working for these guys, not really ourselves. And so I think being really clear on what it is you truly do want and, you know, it's okay to not say I don't want, you know, 20,000 units. I want five because I'm going to be super happy and also maintain, you know, the majority of my flexibility.
1: Uh, if I build my business to to do that that is a phenomenal point because it 's such a good reminder you know when we get into real estate business, you know you build up your portfolio and you say, "Man, I want to have you know whatever however many units or however many you know dollars asset under management and and I think you do kind of a lot of it I see this a lot where people get lost in you know those big goals and those big dreams because you know they see the dollar signs and they see those type of opportunities, but they also don't realize that, hey, look, if that happens, of course, there's gonna be trade offs, you know, in terms of your own infrastructure, in terms of your own, you know, management or whatever it may be. So that's a great reminder as well. I appreciate you adding those that that color. What are you? um, Speaking of that, I mean, you said no to an opportunity that, you know, obviously, you know, many people would be highly intrigued about. And it makes a lot of sense as to why you would. But what else? I mean, what other things do you have you had to say no to recently? And 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 how does that decision making you know process go through your mind
0: um you know i was thinking about this one a little bit the biggest thing i try to say no to is just sort of the unplanned meetings you know again kind of going back to sort of my process and life by design on sunday every sunday i'm going to spend half an hour kind of crafting my week and so i'm looking at you know talking to my wife, what do the kids got going on? You know, when do I want to get to the gym? Like, is there an afternoon where I can go play golf and who do I want to, you know, coordinate to make that a a business function? Um, And as I do that, I'm like, as you know, you get into Tuesday and somebody said, Hey, can we grab lunch tomorrow? No, we can't. We, you know, I'm into next week. Um, So what, what do you got going next week? Happy to schedule something. But once I kind of set that schedule for the week and I have my priorities, really trying to say no to sort of the, the, the unscheduled, obviously stuff comes up. Um, but if it's just a, uh, Hey, can we get together? would love to grab coffee on Friday. Well, let's talk about next Friday. Cause
1: you know, even though it's only Monday, I've kind of got my game plan for the week. Yeah. And I kind of like, um, and I haven't been doing this lately. I've my, my schedule has been so packed, but I like having some margin built in in the schedule Mm -hmm. because there's some things that you just don't know that are going to come up. You still have to take care of, and it's for your own sanity. Sometimes, like instead of running from meeting to meeting to meeting, Um, that's a really good one. Though it's a good principle to have. It's like, all right, we plan the plan the week out. You know, we're not doing last minute things. I like that. That's 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 good.
0: Tell me about. And I, I think I'm trying to operate similar to you with with that margin. You know, so I don't have my Friday like down to the 15 minutes. You know, planned, but I know like each day what are my priorities that I need to get done that day? And, and I may yeah. have, you know, time blocked on my calendar or I may have, may not, but it's just like, I know these are the three things I got to get done today. Um, and sometimes well, on Friday, it's like handling everything that didn't get done. You know, the the overhang from Wednesday that got pushed to Thursday. And so right. it's, you know, look, by the end of the week, all this stuff needs to get done. So I don't want to have it all super scheduled. And if I get it all done uh, and I can, you know, hang out with the kids a little bit early on Friday or whatever like that that's a that's a win so it's it's not about being super super packed I think
1: that your point about having a little bit of, of breathing time is is super important yeah because I mean sometimes you just get over scheduled and you don't actually accomplish anything you know if you look yeah. up and it's like wow yeah I had all these meetings but like did I accomplish my intentions for the week or did I even set intentions for the week you know it's like um, that's a really good kind of course correction that I think is going to be a challenger for most of the people listening to this, you know, cause we all get into that. You know, I think it's a good reminder. Um, talk I to had me a about conversation at, at lunch. I'd be curious to ask you a question here, if Perfect. I may on your, on your show,
0: bring it. Um, uh, we are talking about, Hey, I, I, one thing I try to do is schedule days where like, I'm not leaving the office in my, my case, I've got a studio office in my backyard. It's great. It's life by design, but Hey, today, I know I'm not meeting with anybody. I don't have a podcast or whatever. Like, I'm wearing a hat, shorts, and flip-flops. I'm not leaving the office. And, and so some of that's intentional. Like, If I got a hat and flip-flops on, it would be kind of tough for me to run, to go really quickly meet with somebody. Like, no, today's my day where I'm in the office getting stuff done. You know, I've set up meetings and face-to-face, you know, coffees and lunches and stuff for Tuesday. But Monday is like this week, I'm just hammering down and, and cranking work out. Um, Do you do, you know, as a broker, you got to be out talking to people, meeting people. Do you do something similar where you try to protect certain days or times where it's like, this is meeting time? Because it just, those are, I find to be really disruptive to, Mm -hmm. they're super valuable, but it's, you know, if you got a coffee at 10, kind of like your morning for the whole morning, is sort of shot, right?
1: One of, my, one of my favorite things that I have in my life is the do not disturb thing on my phone. You know, you swipe it down and you hit the little moon thing. Yeah. If I hit that thing and I put it on my computer as well and I close out email, it's the most productive time I'll ever have. And because my phone rings off the hook, it's not because I'm popular or awesome. It's because people are looking for opportunities or, you know, they've got something they want to discuss or there's a deal we're working on. So I have to block out, you know, a certain amount of time whether it's a specific afternoon. It's it's fairly rare these days where I have an entire day like that, but if I can yeah. map out like a morning or an afternoon where it's just like, hey, total focus because, you know, those distractions man, it takes you time to get refocused. So, it's uh, a great question. I love being the I uh, love becoming the guest on my own show. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's a good tip. I need I I don't use the do not disturb enough. Um, yeah.
0: I find like mean, my, my most productive is on an airplane usually, and it's yes. like, oh, well, how come? Well, duh, because you're just sitting there with a computer and you can just write and think. Exactly.
1: Yeah, because the emails—if you're just constantly on email—I turned off the notifications on email. I turned off, um, you know, notifications on social media. So when I check them, it's because I decided to check them. It's not because yeah. I'm like running around chasing squirrels all the time. But I do like the thought of, you know, hey, let's let's do, you know, an entire day like this, because that's, you gotta, you gotta sit down and do the work. I mean, you can go out and build the relationships as much as possible, which is key. It's absolutely critical. But if you can't deliver, you know, upon what you're really building those relationships for, then what's it all for? So, and it also kind of gives you some sanity. So I I love it. It's a a good, good, uh, good thought and something that is not talked about enough because we're always going, going, going. So Talk to me about habits, man. What's uh what's the most important habit that uh, sets you up for success?
0: Um, you know, we talked about kind of the weekly planning, and I really, I really think that's a key part of me, sort of my sanity and and the structure for the week and trying to live that aspirational life by design. Cause that that is not just a work thing. I mean, I've got, I'll integrate my, you know, when I'm gonna go to the gym or what I've got, you know, like this week, Wednesday, I'm looking at my my weekly deal here. I had pumpkin carving at school for, you know, for the kindergarten. Um, it's like, that's on my list. That was one of my priorities for Wednesday. So that's awesome. I think that, that weekly uh, planning is a habit that, you know, I've gotten to be like, if I don't do that, like I'm, I'm sort of stressed out and like get up extra yeah. early on Monday to knock it out. Cause I'm sort of like a ship without a captain. I'm just sort
1: of, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Same here. I do the, uh, I do what's called a uh, uh, weekly impact list. And essentially what it is, it's like all the different areas in my life that I'm responsible for. I want to kind of push forward, whether it's, you know, just as a friend, uh, you know, uh, within my primary relationship or, you know, with my health or with my business or with my investments, It's like all these different categories. It's like, all right, what do we need to do to push these things forward? And what's the main priorities this week? And, you know, what's the overarching top three things to accomplish this week? So I do think it is something, you know, if you can continue to have things in front of you to remind you of like, Hey, here's what I'm really looking to design my life as. And you continue yeah. to push that on a weekly and daily basis. That's how you, that's how you get there. So that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I really like the, um, the priority of the pumpkin carving too. I mean, cause those things are important, man. If you just, if you just crank out the business 24 seven, then you're going to miss those sort of opportunities. So it's a great reminder. What's the, uh, what's the most worthwhile investment you've made in yourself in the past year?
0: Oh, the past year. Um, putting you on the spot on this one. Yeah, you are. I mean, I, you know, you and I kind of connected with, for, because we have a, both have a, a business life coach. Um, that's not a, it's not a small investment, but I think that's a continuous investment I make that, that I think. Gives me accountability, you know. Gives me a sort of sanity check, somebody to bounce ideas off of, and to hold me, you know, hold my feet to the fire. Um, so I think that that's an important one um, that that I, you know, will, can, will continue to do. But I'd, I'd probably say in the last year, it's c- continued support, kind of a life coach.
1: Yeah, I love it. I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it's certainly a game changer. So I just recommend everybody that at least, you know, find somebody to hold you accountable, if anything, you know, just start there, yeah. you know, get somebody, yeah. tell them about your goals, what are your intentions, and, you know, get with them on a kind of, you know, weekly or biweekly basis. I mean, it will make a big difference. But beyond that, if you can have somebody who can help you strategize and, and implement uh, some systems and obviously elevate your own mindset psychology. I mean, that's when you really start to up level tremendously. So I can I I totally agree. What um, tell me, tell me about a failure um, that you've experienced that has been maybe feeling, you know, somewhat devastated at the time that's really turned out to be something that's come full circle and set you up for success.
0: Um, you know I, I think in the context of what we're doing with buying you know multifamily deals but but really regardless of that it's a multifamily deal, we are you know, raising money from investors, having personally had some investments in the past that you know were terrible investments, you lost everything, and knowing how terrible that feels, um, I think that is really driven us to it's driven our strategy a little bit in the fact that we're looking for kind of B class and better deals i'm not willing to risk i don't want a C class deal that you know i'm hoping the market's going to turn left and and this will be in the path of progress and like look we're taking other people's investment i want preservation of capital and i want to be able to look people you know in the eye when i'm meeting with them and say look this this is you're not going to lose money on this deal you know i think you're going to make this much but in my sort of wildest worst case scenarios you're getting your money back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think having gone through that and not gotten my money back on on multiple occasions uh, with kind of six-figure type investments, so I'm like, "All right, that sucked." You know, sit so down and tell my wife that that has happened. Uh, that's really I think driven us in, in the kind of the private equity space that we're operating in.
1: Were those on active deals that just went south or was that other passive deals? They weren't even,
0: they were passive. They weren't even, and they weren't in real estate. Um, But I just think that, you know, that gut punch of, you know, Hey, this deals is, it's going down. Um, and there's no, no, you're not getting your money back. And, uh, you know, it, I think helped me evaluate what the term risk is. Um, and probably led me down, Hey, the real estate, like it's, you're buying something that exists today. It's got cash flow. You can see how it operates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna you got plan to make it a little bit better. That's a pretty simple path versus right. you know some of this more. Here's a startup. Here's a you know a new concept, a new business that that you know not really proven. Um, I think that's something that drove me into the multifamily space. But it's it's definitely something I keep with me as we're you know raising you know, a lot of money from, from a lot of people um, that, yeah. you know, hey, this is, this is who we're accountable to and I'm not going to make those type of phone calls. So let's make sure we're responsible and doing everything we can to deliver.
1: I think it's so important as a syndicator to have that experience as an investor, not necessarily as a, you know, you lost your money in another deal, but just to have the perspective and the full perspective of how important it is to be handling someone else's capital. And you know, directing it and managing it, in those ways, because you know, sometimes you get removed from the importance. And these people, you know, they work hard for their money, and and they've sacrificed and done these things. So I think it's a it's a great reminder. You want to be investing with people like that. It's like you know what, not necessarily someone who's lost again, but someone who really fully appreciates the importance of the situation. And um, I love that. So you know, beyond that, I, I think you and I would both agree that success leaves clues. And, um, I'd be curious to know, you know, whether it's, uh, in business or in life, you know, do you have any role models and who might that be? Um,
0: you know, I definitely agreed. I think success leave clues. And, and as I've been, you know, left the corporate world, been sort of on the, the entrepreneurial path, kind of searching for who are the, who are the people that, that you want to follow or kind of get inspiration from, um, you know, I, it's tough for me to kind of name a specific person. uh, But, you know, I like some of the, you know, listen to kind of some of the Tony Robbins stuff, Um, you know, somebody that that I follow and I don't do a ton of social media, Jesse Itzler, Um, you -hmm. know, kind of his just passion and sort of go get him attitude. I I think I find sort of inspiration in a lot of his stuff um, just because I think he's, you know, proven it several times over like, Hey, it's grit, hustle, hard work. Um, And and that's are kind of, things that that pillars we want to work towards you know
1: yeah and and I I don't know a lot about him but I think I know a little bit and from what I understand he's the type of guy who's you know not only grit hustle hard work but he's the type of guy who's like you know what you need to go and live your life and experience things and go you know go you know hike down this mountain or up this mountain or whatever it may be and just like do crazy stuff you know so it's a great reminder it's not all about work right yeah push yourself beyond your limits too yeah, yeah. Well, I love it, man. What's um, uh, what's what's the overall driving force behind what you do? I, I think having that flexibility,
0: you know, in my life. I mean, you know, mentioned we're about to have our fourth kid. Um, so being being around, you know, having them know who I am. I mean, it's it's amazing to me. So Our oldest daughter, well, is almost nine. Um, uh, we had when we had her, I was getting my MBA and working full time job, and I mean, I'd see her like once a week you know like when she was a baby she just her she slept a bunch and i remember coming home and you know i'd walk to the door and she's like no you know like she didn't want me because she knew i was gonna she wanted to play with mom because she hardly knew me and compare that now with we've got a you know 16 month old and, and i see him you know three four five times a day hang out with him just go inside and that that's what drives me like making sure that that i'm doing all this stuff so i can be around
1: and go carve pumpkins and you know do just kind of be be around if there's not uh if there's anything that's more of a driving force behind you know doing what it takes to live a life by design it's when your child says no they don't want you in the room i mean my god Uh,
0: yeah and you realize you're paying it forward and look i'm going i'm getting this nba i think it's going to pay off and it's right it's, it's worth it and it has been worth it but uh, that the the difference between those two, you know, that are like seven years apart in age, is is pretty dramatic, and kind of just how they respond to me as a, as a one year
1: old, you know. Right, right. That's awesome, man. So I want to transition now into our uh, rapid fire section. We call it the yeah. rare air questionnaire. Um, you know, the why reason why we call it that is because you know we're we're scaling the mountaintop right now. You know, most people gave up way before it really got hard, but we're pushing our limits. And not only are we going to climb this mountain, but we're climbing the next and we're setting our next intention to climb the next mountain. So uh, I'd love to know uh, what's the most impactful book that you've ever read and why? Well, it's, I think it's because of it probably the first real estate investing book uh,
0: that I was given. But when I moved back to Austin and I was you know, spending much time in the hospital, one of, my, one of my mentors kind of pushed me into the space, gave me Gary Keller's Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know between that book and my buddy kind of pushing me to say hey you really look at look at these duplexes um, I think that's probably just from a pure impact on my life um, the the first one that kind of got me going down this path
1: that's awesome I'll have to uh, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes um, I actually own that book and I haven't read it yet so I gotta I'm, I'm making my I'm admitting that to Elevate Nation right now but uh, <laughs> actually Gary Keller man he's a he's an awesome awesome guy. You wrote another book called The One Thing. I don't know if you've read that one, but it's super good. And uh, it's a, it's a, it's a great read. So I highly recommend that. But uh, tell me about uh, what's the best, the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis?
0: Um, You know, morning routine. And, and I'm, you know, first one to admit, I'm a little spotty and always, you know, jumping out of bed at 5am to kind of do that. But I know the days that I get up and you know, go back, look at my weekly plan, kind of get some of my, my own personal stuff done before the hustle starts of getting kids out the door. Uh, you know, some days that means I'm, I go to the gym at six, some days that's me just, you know, cranking out some emails. So I feel like I got you know some of that off my plate. Um, but getting that, that productive time, you know, before the sun comes up, whatever it is that day uh, is, is really important. And, and it's frankly something I need to do better at. I'm probably, you know, four days a week and and, I want to get that fifth day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a it's also really, I think, great that you admit that it's not perfect, you know, like a lot of times people talk on a podcast or wherever, and they're like, you know, I'm always up at 445am, and you know, no matter what, and I meditate for an hour, and then I do this, this and this. And, and I think it's really good to just, you know, you got to, like, yes, we want to continue to raise our bar, but you can't, you know, people who think, "Man, that life is just totally unattainable." You know, I think there's a little bit of uh, you know a challenge in that. So I really appreciate you sharing that. But also, I'm with you, man. The morning before things get crazy, I mean, it's it's total game changer. And uh, I'm with you on that. And but I I kind of like mornings, man. I, I drink some coffee and uh, get some things done, and yeah, uh, you know, get ahead of the. I just feel better. I'm in a
0: better mood. You know, Same. like when the kids come downstairs and we're getting ready for breakfast, and I've already gotten whatever it is I've been to the gym or I've gotten an hour of emails or I've done you know writing whatever it is it's like
1: I'm, it, it's a better day when that happens absolutely because then you're not catching up either yeah or or you're not doing the things that are most important like you're not planning and setting your intentions and going after what's really important you're chasing your tail otherwise so yep. I'm with you 100% what's yeah. the um how do you elevate others around you
0: um you know I, I think a couple take this a couple of different directions, but I think, you know, number one, from sort of a philanthropy kind of giving back standpoint, uh, my wife and I are are involved in the a, a children's hospital um, here in Austin and there's a group, you know, when our son was little, he spent about four weeks at, at six weeks old, about four weeks in the ICU. And so that's got a, got a special place for us, but, um, you know, kind of stay active in that and, and give back and raise money for, for the, the children's hospital. Um, but then also trying to, you know, within the multifamily space, trying to just, you know, be a resource for people, help people, um, that, you know, want to get started, whether they want to be a passive investor or active, you know, sponsor. Uh, but you know, just, we really just put an article out about the abundance mindset, you know, and really kind of sharing that attitude of, Hey man, I want to help people be successful. Um, whether that really benefits me or not, I think there's enough, you know, success in the world, there's enough money in the world that, that you know, how can I help you achieve your goals? And that's going to be reciprocal. and It's going to come back to me, but I don't do it necessarily for that reason. Um, and really try to live and embody that abundance mindset.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I think one of the biggest reasons why I do this show is like, you know, what if you share more, you know, it's not only going to help other people, it's the right thing to do, but it also raises your own opportunities. And like everyone, when everyone succeeds, you also succeed. And And I love the thought too of, you know, being philanthropic because you know what, it is all about contribution. You know, Um, you can't just take, 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 you've got to give and it's amazing. You know, it's like Christmas day. I mean, you almost, you almost receive more when you give. And I think it's a a great reminder to find your calling, you know, find your cause, like what is it that you can contribute to, whether it's time, you know, money, resources, uh, whatever it may be. So Uh, really appreciate it. And, uh, Andrew, this has been a lot, a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show and how can Elevate Nation stay in contact with you and and connect with you and your company?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's been a ton of fun. Definitely enjoyed it. Um, you know, if they want to reach out to me, our our website is just wildhorncap.com. Uh, my email is Andrew at wildhorncap.com. Um, happy to, to connect there. You know, I think we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, for both Wildhorn and Andrew Campbell. So
1: happy to, uh, happy to connect and, and spread the word. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Highly recommend you, uh, you do that and take him up on, uh, connecting with him. Uh, Andrew's a great guy. And, and I want to remind Elevate Nation, I mean, we have got so much gold nuggets of wisdom in this. You've got to replay the show. You got to take notes. You have to apply it immediately. I mean, the one thing is like knowledge, is potential power power is taking action on that knowledge and you know share it with someone else I mean teach someone else what we talked about today there's so many things I took notes on here it's like I need to start applying this but I also need to share it with someone else because I'm going to understand it better you know I'm also going to help them you know it's like we talked about here at the end the abundance mindset so uh, you know take massive action until next time Elevate Nation thank you so much for tuning in and Andrew thanks again for being on the show thanks enjoyed it